What's going on guys? Kieran Eadley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. And I am here with a female this time. And I'm actually really excited about this because it took um, a meeting with a guy that I'd really literally just met, I think a few, like two or three days before I met this lady, I met through him. And anyway, through this chain of, um, chain of connections, we started talking about mental health and here we are. Yeah, I know, that, that was a really terrible story, but <laughs> I was just coming off the top of my head. But anyway, I'm here with Christina Spera. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, cool. But, and, but otherwise, I would normally say, it's like Spera. Spera. Uh, but if, you, if I, an English person said it, and they couldn't pronounce it. Spera. Spera. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting um, name, and I love it, but it's German. Right? It's German, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay, because she's from Germany, so that makes sense. Um, so... Introduce yourself. I mean, what, what do you do? Um, what are you doing here in Bali? Yeah, talk a little, talk a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Let's find out about you. Um, so yeah, my name is Christina. Mm. Uh, I'm from Germany, from a small city called Würzburg. Mm. Um, that's in Bavaria. I am actually just in a transition phase. Um, I was uh, running an online marketing agency for a while. And now I'm jumping into full-time content creation and photography and videography and all of that. Um, and well, that's one of the reasons why I'm in Bali. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And but Bali, why? I know it's the why reason why, Bali? but why Bali? There's a lot of places <laughs> um, like that. Okay, so I was in Chiang Mai for four mm. months in Thailand, and the burning season started. So that oh, means right. the air quality gets super bad. Yeah. And basically, all of my friends went from Chiang Mai to Bali, and I always wanted to live in Bali for longer than just like a vacation because mm. this is my second time here. So yeah, and it was too cold yet to go to Europe. <laughs> so yeah. So Bali was a clear answer. Yeah, and not. I'm assuming you'd heard it from maybe friends, or had you Sorry? just seen it online? Bali. Had you like? Did friends tell you about it? Or yeah, I mean, so many of my friends that, especially people that I've met in Chiang Mai, have also been living in Bali before. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you heard good things and yeah. like, sweet Bali here I come. Cool. <laughs> was it quite spontaneous? Um. Not super spontaneous, yeah. I think like a month before I decided it. Ah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Ah, that's awesome. But after Thailand, definitely there was nothing planned, so I usually keep it quite open. Yeah, okay. Ah, that's cool. Alright, well, I want to learn a little bit more about little Christina, because I feel like little Christina is going to let us know a lot more about now Christina. Alright, mm-hmm. this, this is kind of what I like to, or how I like to introduce people. So, little Christina, how did you uh, grow up? What was your family like growing up? Yeah, tell me about you when so you were younger, Christina. really young. Yeah, from the start. What was from growing up like? Start. From the start. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's learn um, about you. Yeah, so I grew up in Würzburg, which is mm. a small place, um, very conservative. Um, yeah, normal as everyone go, went to school. Mm. Um, I went to a Catholic women's only school. That was very interesting. Um, I was playing sports, doing basketball. Wow, cool. Not netball. Not what? Not netball. Not netball? Yeah, yeah. What is not netball? As in, you weren't, you didn't play netball, you played basketball. Basketball. Yeah, yeah, instead. So, because that's normally, that's normally by status quo that the guy won, right? Because more, like, more girls are going to play the netball than basketball normally, aren't they? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, what else? Uh, so basically, um, what I mean by introducing you, like, um, what kind of girl were you? Were you? Did you feel like you were quite popular? Um, did you get along with people easily? Were there struggles? 
Um, I think I was quite shy yeah. growing up. Um, but I was definitely getting along with people. Cool. Um, yeah, I was not super extroverted. Like, I right. was not super outgoing, but yeah. also not super, super introverted. So, quite. Normal. Okay. Yeah, cool. So you sort of just went with the flow of things. Was there was there many challenges in your childhood growing up? Um, I mean, looking back, yeah, definitely for sure. A lot of stuff that has affected me and my yeah. now more adult. Life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my now Christina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Christina. yeah I love it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of things definitely that to that point I wasn't realizing that I'm now much more aware of. Amazing. Um, like I got bullied in school, which I think was a big part of me having social anxiety. Right. Yeah. And you, you like looking back, you actually had this sort of um, barrier um, of social anxiety even back then. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I lost my train. Of no, thought. no, you're okay. So <laughs> yeah, so you um, you you did have social anxiety or you're struggling with social anxiety. Um, yeah. when you were growing up so you're bullied um, or because you're bullied you had it which I would you... say because I got bullied that's yeah. why I've had it right and that's why I've been taking it with me yeah and I think not too long ago I've actually gotten aware of it because anxiety in general is not really a topic that gets talked about in Germany and I think but especially because we don't really have a word for it. Mm. We do have one word for it, which is called Angststörung, which is like a really, really weird word to use. Um, and I think that's why if, you know, if you're in America or something and you say you have anxiety, people are like, yeah, okay, that's something quite normal. But in Germany, if you say it, um, it's, it's a weird topic, so. Do, do, do you know any of the background as to why it's a weird topic or not? Not sure? really, but I think in general Germany um, is just a not very open, open, how do you say, there's not much open communication going on. Right. So I think in general mental health is still a very taboo topic. Right. Yeah. And actually that's something you started talking about a lot more recently, isn't it? On yeah, social media. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And what was the response like? Were there a lot? Was there a lot of response from people from Germany? Yeah, actually, um, so I made on my Instagram story. Um, I was talking about anxiety mm. because it was something that came up in my um, personal life, mm. and um, I made a poll about it, and I asked, "Have you ever experienced anxiety?" And so many people clicked yes. And actually also so many people sent me a private message to it and there was also a lot of Germans and even friends of mine that I would have never expected that they experienced anxiety. Yeah. Oh, and wow. they they came up to me and I think just because I started opening up, they started opening up as well. And we, you know, in, in private messages we started talking about it. But it's something I don't know about some of my friends. Like that they experience anxiety because again it's something that is not really much talk about i want to high five you that is amazing that is so good because that took so much you're not even a guy but that took a lot of balls (laughs) all right that took a lot of guts to be able to actually stand up and be the one that did that knowing you had a lot of friends following you because it's the same as when for example when i first decided to do youtube right like doing youtube was like um, oh, you think you're cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you think you're cool. So you're going to do YouTube. So that was, that's why I was so scared to post about it on my personal Facebook yeah. when I first started it when I was 20, 
one. And um, I was so afraid to post it. I'm like, should I do it? And then I'm like, you know what, Kieran? No, you're gonna get the audience. You're gonna get the, the um, you're gonna get the, uh, you know, you're gonna get bring people from Facebook onto YouTube. This is how you start. This is how you meant to do it. I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. So. Yeah. Posted on YouTube and even though I just thought that I was going to get bullied on it, right? Yeah. Which, yes, I got a couple of people saying but with like, you know, a few weird there things. There was always those people. <laughs> yeah, there was always those people. But the response was absolutely incredible. You actually don't realize what's going on deep down in people's minds until you actually ask them or until you actually become aware of your own um, intuition and understand that other people feel this, um, these emotions and have these thoughts as well. Definitely. Which is, yeah, incredible. So that was really like a fear but that came from a fit like this feeling of anxiousness from deep down as well right and that was very related so it's definitely something that's so there and so around us like literally the mental health organization um world health no the world health organization did a, did a um statistic um where they discovered that this was 98 accurate but apparently one third of the population of the entire world right um yeah has anxiety i oh, know mental health i'm um, sorry yeah 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 oh Maybe it wasn't, I was one of the two, but it's still massive, you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely, absolutely massive, but I think it was. Um, but that's only people admitting to. That's not even people that are aware of it, because I'm not aware of it, because there's so many people that aren't even aware of their of own course. mental health issue, because they don't understand what the definition of it is, yeah. or they're not, they're not accepting to the idea of it. They're like, no, this, this doesn't have this, I don't have this, because that makes them lower, or like perceptibly lower. They think they're lower because yeah. they have this issue, yeah. so that's why they don't accept it. Um, so I, mean, I was definitely not aware of it. So. Yeah, neither was I for a long time, so I'm so with you on that. But it's crazy that you've been able to go from that to where you are now, to a space where in a culture that's not, they don't even talk about, they don't even have a freaking word for it, like a proper word for it, and you've been able to actually be open about that. I can't even comprehend what that would be like, so I just want to say thank you, and you, miss, are amazing for doing that. Seriously, thank you. That's amazing. Like That, that excites me. Yeah, it really does. So. Um, but I want to actually trend on from that and um, ask what helps you be in a place where you could start to be open about it. Okay, where did this, so we'll go back a little bit, back mm -hmm. to kind of where you started having that social anxiety, maybe like, a, like situations where you bullied. And before I actually move on to that part, I actually, because something just triggered in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I haven't, I haven't actually asked you this question, which is how badly were you bullied? What was, what was bullying for you? Um, so... I think it started around eighth or ninth grade. Um, there was a girl in my in my class, and there was actually two girls in my class that I got on really well with, and we kind of, uh, you know, became like good friends. Um, and there was one girl that really hated that idea, and she became quite jealous. And for some reason, um, that's why she started bullying me, and that's why she started pushing me out of that friend circle. And somehow she really spread that over the whole class where I ended up most of the time being by myself in school. Um, so like in the breaks, I would be by myself, eating by myself and all of that. And I think because I got so pushed back for me to go out again and start talking to people, to other people in the class, it was just almost not possible. And I think I was getting deeper and deeper pushed down so I would stop going to school mm. and actually in 10th grade which was the last year of school where I was writing my final tests from our whole school I was the one with the most missing illness days or whatever you want to call it so I missed quite a bit of school because yeah I was just like quite a bit 
you know, laying in bed, not going to school, not wanting to feel the emotions of being lonely. So, yeah. And so it's definitely not a great experience. Not at all. And yeah. people, a lot of people would express this in the workplace. I can't remember the statistic, but it was really high in Australia. There were definitely more sick days for mental health reasons than there were actual sick days. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which is actually insane to think about that, which is why um, there's a lady that I met. She's a spiritual healer and she does a lot of work for corporates in Australia. And I never realized how important it was until she told me this. It's like, wow, people genu- genuinely become mentally disabled, mentally disabled meaning they feel like they're not able to take on life as per normal. Um, it's a common thing, it yeah. really is, and the, um, especially the way that you actually are able to look back now and be, become aware of that is incredible, but the fact that it was happening to you at such a young age, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, yeah, yeah, it is. So in that space you were, um, you were obviously going through these, this, um, this process of um, being in a being bullied and not being wanting you know, wanting to be around um, those people. Um, what happened from there? Did were you continued? Were you were you being bullied constantly from there or? Um, so after school, I started an apprenticeship. Mm. So I started working in sales in a shop. Um, and so how old were you around here? I was sixteen. So if, all throughout those years, from like eight to sixteen, you were sort of. Bullied a bit or? No, oh, it was eighth grade. Eighth grade, so sorry, like yeah. 14. Oh, eighth grade, I've got eight. Yeah, yeah so it was like two or three two, years. Wow. There's like still a lot though, that's yeah. massive. That's like the, uh, the transition phase between, you yeah. know, puberty and stuff. Definitely. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, after school, so when I was 16, I started mm. an apprenticeship. Okay. Um, so it was all women again. <laughs> and um, it was mostly women over 30 up to like over 50 years old. Mm. And um, at the beginning, I was getting on really well with everyone, but at some point also there, there was some sort of jealousy from some women where again, some sort of bullying or I don't know what you want to call it happened. Um, And again, I was calling in quite often, calling in sick. I couldn't do it as much because it wasn't school, it was actually work. But it was work and school at the same time, right. so it was like a dual um, apprenticeship. Um, but also there, I actually ended up um, cutting down my time from three years down to two years to be able to finish earlier because I really just didn't want it to be there anymore. Wow. Yeah. And wow, okay, so that actually continued on from school. And it's really cool that you're aware that um, that bullying, because. The thing about bullying, um, and I just want to say this to the people listening, is um, when someone's a bully, that's actually coming from an insecurity because insecurity leads to ego. So when they're insecure about themselves in a place, they need a voice that they're actually um, superior in this place. um, Because that's like talking themselves out of it, and that's like proving to themselves that they're not inferior in this place because they feel inferior in that place. So it's like when they see something that they're jealous of or are envious of, yeah, they want to speak it out or show it out in some way by putting someone else down and making them feel superior in that space. So um, it's just being aware that while this person really is um, having a lot of pain in this space, which is why they're feeling this way towards me. Um, but that doesn't make you inferior, actually. That makes you more superior in that state, in that space, yeah. Yeah, which is incredible. So I want to commend you for the fact that you're actually able to look at that that way because I was only a bit bullied in a minor way where I was called names. I wasn't like secluded or anything like that or pushed out of groups, even though like sometimes it was like, you know, I'll get picked last, but that wasn't bullying. That was just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so in that space, you, um, you, you went through those couple of years. What kind of space do you feel like you were in mentally and emotionally? How were you? 
Um, not in a good place. Mm. Um, I think I was always feeling quite lonely and left alone, and I always had this feeling of not belonging, um, which I think affected quite a lot of my relationships afterwards. Um, yeah, it took happiness away from me. Like it took a lot of my quirkiness and like <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it it kind of took that away. From Okay, I see. And then in the space of really not feeling happy, um, what was life to you? Was life worth it? Was life going to get better? Um, Did you have like a vision of the future at this point? Not so much. Mm. Um, I just felt like something had to change. Yeah. It was not, now when I look back at it, it was not really a conscious decision that I've made, but I've decided to go traveling. I went for a trip and um, it was not really like, oh, I feel lonely or I don't feel happy and now that's why I need to go traveling, but something kind of triggered that in me um, and that's why I decided to go traveling, which then changed quite a bit in my life, I would say. Amazing. And actually, I know, I know this because that's what I experienced myself, but I know that a lot of people, and I'm not saying this is what you did, but... Um, I know a lot of people create physical space to create mental space. So it's like yeah. we need to get away from the physical space where we've associated emotions and pain too, so that we can create that physical space, therefore leading to that mental space of freedom. It's like, wow, I'm away from the pain. Yeah, yeah. and that's definitely why I actually started traveling and why I left Auckland originally in New Zealand um, about 11 months ago. Uh, well, sorry, or it must be a year, it's crazy. But um, yeah, and then that all of a sudden changed when I realized wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, you've always got the pain with you. You don't realize it. Like it creates a sense of emotional freedom for a moment because you get that initial rush and then an initial um, space, but then you don't realize it, but you're actually taking a lot of that pain with you. And then all of a sudden, because that pain's still there, the trigger happens somewhere else. And then it's like, oh, boom, the pain comes back. Yeah, and then we then create a new association of pain with that new place. Like that was Quebec for me. I lived in Quebec for six months, and I, I actually associated a lot of pain that I was bringing from New Zealand to there. Yeah, because of the things that happened. Um, yeah. So I, I bought new pains there. So now Quebec for me is like a painful place in a way. So it's, oh, wow. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. wow, like it's crazy. Wherever you go, there you are. Um, so you went traveling. Where did you go? I went um, to Australia. Ah, cool. Went... Why? Why Australia? Why not New Zealand? <laughs> um, so after my apprenticeship I went again to school and mm. I think in my class there was 11 people that have done a working holiday visa in Australia Right. and my English was quite bad Okay. and all was? the people no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you're, no you're good you're good you're good, you're good um, so all the people that had really good English speaking mm. skills they all went to Australia and I was like, wow, I can before, because to that point I still wanted to study, awesome. um, which then I decided not to, oh. but um, I was like, wow, their English speaking skills are so great because they were living for a year in Australia, why would I not do the same? And I wanted to study after going to Australia, so I wanted to take that opportunity. It was not just running away from home, it was also, you know, like I wanted to um, travel by myself for the first time, I wanted to go to the other side of the world, and I wanted to also improve my English skills. Amazing. So um, that's why I chose Australia, just because I knew quite a few people that have already been. And then I started looking into the photos and stuff, and I was like, oh, that looks amazing. So. Um, yeah, I planned on going to Australia for five months, but I ended up staying for 13 months abroad. 
So I went for one year to Australia and I went to the States and to Mexico as well. Amazing. Yeah. Well, then what took you to the States? Again, the other side. <laughs> um, a guy that I was kind of dating oh. on the road. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we met in Cairns. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we traveled together in Australia. Um, and well, at the beginning we weren't dating, but it turned out at some point. Um, because, <laughs> Just one day. Yeah, well, I also broke up with my boyfriend to that time, so it was kind of jumping into the next relationship. So Not relationship, but like jumping into the next. This boyfriend was in Australia as well, or back in Germany? In Australia. In Australia. He was from the States. Oh, sorry, okay, yeah. Uh, we were not fully boyfriend, girlfriend, but mm. we were kind of dating. Um, and he had a wedding in the States. So I flew over and I made it a one month trip. So we went from San Francisco to LA. I went to Vegas visiting some friends. We went Party to, it up, uh, get lit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoyed yourself? I did. Oh, yeah. good. It was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we went to Lake Tahoe for the wedding. And then I went back to Australia again. And then after I went to Mexico on the way to Miami because I went to a festival called Ultra. Ultra Music Festival. Ultra Music yeah, Festival. Cool. Yeah. So then there was, um, how do you call it, Spring Break in yeah. Mexico. Oh, so really? We went on the way. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, so how did you find Mexico? You enjoyed it? I enjoyed it, but not as much as I thought I would. And yeah. I think that was because I went to places like Cancun. And, oh, I get the yeah. touristy places, not the yeah, cultural. So, yeah, so I think if I would go again, I would definitely experience it different. But to that point, I wanted to party. And you know, lay by the beach and be lazy, so. I love that, cool. Yeah. Okay, so then, um, so you went traveling, um, and then you went home back to Germany after you did the travel? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I went home, um, but then I, I would say I got post-travel depression. Right. I was just, uh, like, it was amazing to see my family and friends for yeah. the first two weeks, and then I was like, okay, I need to go traveling again. It was just like, my mindset had changed, my vision for my life had changed, and it just felt like everyone back home was just the same. Yeah. And and you also had your pain back there as well, all the pain of the body. Definitely. Yeah. And it felt like during my travels, I was already able to work a bit more on it. Yeah, cool. Like it started coming up for sure. Um, and I don't know, back home just kind of felt like it got me back into like a negative kind of mindset. And I think to that point, I also realized, so I always wanted to become self-employed. It was, my parents had their own business for over 30 years, so it was somehow, when I grew up, it was already there, and I realized that I don't need to study to have my own business, so I decided to not study, and um, so after coming back, I was home, um, I was trying to find a way to, make money so I worked in Switzerland I worked in Germany saved up a lot of money and then I actually gave up my apartment and sold all my belongings and just went traveling amazing so that was a that was quite a long-term process or did it take not much time at all it was I came back in March 2016 and it took me until February the like 2017 but I was traveling in between so the guy from the states Kevin he came to Europe as well yeah so we um, traveled in Eastern Europe for a month I traveled around quite a bit in Europe um, and then I left in February okay and then that's when you 
I actually went to New Zealand on that trip. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I was in Australia for a year. Yeah. And I didn't go to New Zealand, right? And I was like, how the fuck can that Yeah. So I went from Germany. I went to... Um, I met a guy in Germany that was from New Zealand and he said get your scuba diving license on the way somewhere in Asia so you can go scuba diving with me and my family in New Zealand. So I went to Thailand for two weeks, um, did my scuba li license there, went to Australia to Sydney on the way, visited some friends and then I went to New Zealand. And I got a camper van there and I traveled for two and a half months around just traveling, seeing the whole island. Um, and then from there on, I had more. What was your favorite place in New Zealand? Good question. Um, I really loved Lake Wanaka. Oh, wow, cool, yeah. Lake Wanaka was nice. And what is the national park called? There's Nelson and there's Golden Bay and there's a national park. Um, you're not <laughs> talking about, um, <laughs> oh no. Is it called Tasman? Uh, uh, no, nah, there's a Tasman Sea, um, which, which is like between New Zealand and Australia. But. So there's Golden Bay, and just before Golden Bay, there's a national park oh, where you can go kayaking, and you can see... It's not where the glaciers are, is it? No, is it? I'm thinking of somewhere different. That's not where the glaciers are, is it? No, no, no I'm thinking of somewhere different. Anyways, no. that was amazing cool. as well. Um, you can go camping there, kayaking, yeah. beautiful water. So you enjoyed yourself when you were there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really liked it there. Cool. But basically, I liked pretty much everything. It's oh, just a awesome. beautiful country. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I need to get my ass to Germany, actually, at some stage. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, okay, cool. So you did all that, and then um, did the whole scuba diving experience. And after New Zealand, where did you go? I went... Um, I actually flew to Bangkok. Yeah. And my parents um, met me there. We went cool. to Myanmar traveling together. Right. Backpacking. Then I went to the Seychelles. Yeah. Uh, Sri Lanka for a yoga retreat. Awesome. Um, then another friend came visited me and we went to Singapore, Malaysia, and yeah. then I ended my that trip in Thailand with a fast. Oh. Yeah, with a like an eating fast. Yeah. Call it. Yeah. What, 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 how long was the fast? Five and a half days. Oh, oh, wow, that hurts. <laughs> Just hearing you say that, like no, I'm in pain. No. Really? Tell me no, about it. Why did you do it and how did it feel? Um. Why did I do it? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I went to Kopenyang to, uh, well, I went to Kozamui, Kopenyang, and Kotao in Thailand for the scuba diving license, and Kopenyang was just my favorite place. And um, because I did a yoga retreat in Sri Lanka, I really got into meditation, into yoga, into detox, into mm. all those kind of things. What pushed you into that? In that space what pushed me into that yeah or what, what made you more aware of the fact that you wanted to do it a lot of things yeah okay i would <laughs> um, ask about the fast but this is more important yeah. yeah uh one big thing that triggered it was an experience that i had when i went to a festival in germany um with drugs uh, and i had a panic attack so that was one event that well i think that was actually the main event that was a point where I stopped taking any sort of drugs. Yeah. I went vegan, I wow. stopped drinking, I got into yoga, and I kind of did a cold turkey and kind of flipped my amazing. life around. So it was like a rock bottom um, time for you at that yeah. point? Wow, okay, and then do you know what triggered the panic attack at that point in time? Yeah, so um, 
Okay, I'll tell the story. Please, that'd be amazing. I'd um, love that. Okay, so I went with friends of mine to a festival in Germany, a music festival, five days long. Um, I had to come two days later because I was still working. Um, so my friends were already there for two days. Um, obviously, they've already been partying, they've already been popping pills and all sorts of stuff, drinking alcohol. Um, and when I got there, I I basically decided I'm not going to take any drugs with me to the festival because I was like, oh, there's going to police and blah, blah, blah. And um, so I didn't do that, got to the camping place and literally an hour later, 10 police officers come and storm our whole ground, like all of our tents, the places that we were sitting in. And I was kind of sitting in the back of the tent and they started um, looking like, how do you say, going through searching the, uh, searching yeah. the people. Um, so I was like the last person sitting in the tent on a chair and they searched through all the different people. They found some drugs, but then they also found drugs on the table. I was the last person sitting there and they were basically saying that all the drugs that were there are mine. Um, and I was like, no, this is just not happening. Why is this happening to me? And um, I started out crying and the officer was like, oh, kind of trying to talk nicely to me and going like, oh, I believe that this is not yours because we didn't find anything on your body or something. And um, I was asking the officer, can I please stand up and ask my friends um, whose drugs is that? And um, he was like, yeah, you can do that, but nobody's going to respond to you. And I was like, no, these are my friends. So I got up and I asked, like, whose is this? And everyone was just looking down on the ground and, like, not responding. And I was like, shit, fuck my life. <laughs> this sucks. And to that point, I didn't know what's going to happen to yeah. me, right? If, if this is, like, a lot of drugs for personal use, if this is going to end in, in, in something badly or not. So I asked him, hey, can you take me to the police station and t do a drug test with me? Because I knew I didn't take any drugs at that point. So they made an, uh, like a, a tongue test. Oh, the swab. The yeah, swab. Yeah. And it was negative. And um, basically, yeah, nothing much happened after. But it also made me realize, and I think till that point, so traveling in Australia, traveling in general, got me into a really big party scene. Mm. So from binge drinking, uh, obviously in Australia, mm -hmm. um, to also starting to take drugs, um, getting into more music festivals, um, having less of a barrier to take drugs in general. And it was also a point where my German friends got into, you know, ecstasy and all sorts of stuff. Um, and uh, what was I saying? Where was I going with that? Um, so yeah, just in general, traveling got me a lot into the into the party scene. So um, I think it was kind of for me an escape from my anxiety and right. from my negative feelings. That's really weird. Okay. Um, so that's definitely something I was afterwards now when I look yeah. back is how I was escaping into that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so. When that happened, um, I realized that the people that partied with me were not my friends. Yeah. Um, there was definitely some friends of mine that were close friends of mine. They didn't let me down, but they also didn't take any drugs. And they didn't have anything with them. 
but most of the people that I was hanging out was party friends. They were not real friends. Mm. Um, and so I, you know, was still at the festival. I was trying. It was quite an expensive festival, and I was like, I'm going to enjoy my time Amazing. now. Amazing. Um, and then when, so it was another three days of the festival, and then when we drove back home, um, I was already crying. I was already super depressed. Um, and then on that evening, I was laying in my bed and it kind of hit me. I started reflecting on it. I started realizing what just happened that weekend. And that's when I started panicking. And I started to like not be able to breathe anymore. And like, uh, yeah, just, yeah, panicking, I guess. So. How long did this go for? Like a, like a few seconds or? Time. No, like it, it went on for quite a while and um, I was feeling like I need to go to the hospital or something because I never experienced something like that before and um, so my, to that time my best friend, she, um, she had some, how to say, she has had some experiences with mental health um, and she has had panic attacks before. And I was scared to message her because I thought me telling her that I'm having some sort of panic attack is going to trigger in her a panic attack. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So I didn't really reach out to anyone first, mm. but then it got worse. And then I sent her a message going, hey, are you awake? Because it was like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning or something. Right. And straight away she sent me a message, yeah, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I think I'm having a panic attack. And she drove straight away to my place. The panic attack, sorry, I need to sit yeah. some water. Yeah, sure. I was kind of trying to calm myself down by breathing. To that point, I didn't know what breath work was and meditation was. So I kind of went the downward spiral, but I was trying to calm myself down. And then when she came, I broke out in tears and it got worse, but on the other hand, also because she was there, it kind of calmed me down, so I was slowing down a bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. So this, this went through and then this triggered you to, to, um, to make changes in your life, basically. Yeah, so I, I broke off a lot of contacts with toxic Good relationships. Stopped drinking for a while. What about your boyfriend? Were you still with him? Or? Well, he was back in the States. Yeah, okay. So. Are you still like in a, together in a relationship? Kind of. Kind of, okay. okay yeah. Okay. So, yeah. You know, it's difficult when you're traveling yeah. and you're like in different, uh, okay. on different continents. Yeah. More open than anything. What's that? More of an open relationship per se? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then, um, so yeah, you started making these changes, you um, cut out toxic people. Uh, incredible by the way but it obviously took you to hit that rock bottom which I know it took me to hit um, a couple of rock bottoms to actually make those decisions to actually start cutting people out but yeah. um, I feel like that's definitely where a lot of the lessons are it really is in that rock bottom process isn't it Yeah. when we hit those rock bottom stages yeah. where yeah, it wakes us up actually yeah, to yeah. what we actually want not what we think we want Yeah. so then from there um, you made changes and then obviously somehow you end up here how did that process come from you having that attack you ending up here? Um, well, that's quite a long. Oh, is that actually is this quite a long time ago? <laughs> yeah. So well, okay. that was well, that was two thousand sixteen. Mm. No, that was two thousand seventeen. Okay. 
instead then no 2016 16 okay yeah, so, so then the travels came in 2017 just mm. what i was talking about the yeah. six months that i went to thailand new zealand and all of that right okay. and then i actually had another panic attack maybe that's worth mentioning yeah please um so when i was traveling by myself in new zealand for the two and a half months yeah um mm. it was that feeling of loneliness right it was that feeling of not having a community because to that point I got out of the party scene so that backpacking kind of scene I kind of left yeah that I would usually hang out with in Australia so in New Zealand I didn't have the community of like anyone that is interested in yoga or meditation or I didn't make that connections I didn't feel connected to the travelers to the backpackers because most of them were really really young and wanted to party all the time so I felt very disconnected yeah. and another thing I also realized is that I felt like I can't be by myself right so I was very very confronted with myself yeah and it was actually I got down to Queenstown mm, my favorite place yeah and I got there I'm sitting there at the lake just beautiful scenery right and basically I'm living the dream I bought a car, I was traveling, I was I had enough money saved to travel. Um I was doing all these amazing things. I went bungee jumping and skydiving. Oh, not bungee jumping. Um yeah, like all sorts of stuff, the swing, the canyon yeah. swing oh, nice. yeah. and hang gliding. Cool. And but I was sitting there and I felt so lonely and so empty. So okay. Yeah, I felt really really empty. And again, I started breaking out crying sitting there in Queenstown and then another panic panic attack came. And I don't know what it was exactly that triggered it, but it was just kind of this feeling of being here, having everything I kind of want in a way, but still not feeling like I'm belonging. Wow, that's so powerful. Yeah. That is so powerful. It's like like that's literally the definition of if you're unfulfilled and you get what you want, you're still going to be unfulfilled. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> literally yeah. that. That's so powerful. Because, Thank because, you. Yeah, because I thought the travel is going yeah. to fulfill me. I thought mm. that is what I wanted in my oh. life. And it was in some sense, but not, not the travel or the places that I was able to see, but the people that I was connecting to that point. Yeah. But as my values and as my own kind of life change the people didn't fit anymore so i needed yeah. to find like a new community and i didn't really find that in new zealand and i think that's also when i started realizing okay if if full time travel doesn't make me happy um and also like moving around a lot having a lot of short friendships and moving to the next place i felt like okay i need to travel more slowly yeah and i also felt like i need to combine my work and my travel um and that was the point where i started to hear of remote work and i started hearing hearing for the first time the term digital nomad yeah. i started hearing for the first time the term influencer and all these things um and that's when i started looking more into it mm. so that was when i was yeah new zealand sri lanka all these places so I went back home that was still in 2017 and I had that idea okay I'm going to go home now buy a laptop and I'm going to within 2 months I'm going to make my first money online um that didn't happen <laughs> doesn't happen <laughs> didn't 2 months happen. we think it will but it doesn't yeah well I just thought I'll apply for Upwork and oh, I'll just get a job or something okay yeah sure um mm, 
So yeah, that didn't really work out as I wanted it to. So then I had to get a full-time job again because I was starting to run out of money. Stayed in Germany over the winter. And then last year, so 2018 in January, I left again. Right. And that's... How did you get that money? Full-time job, right? Full-time so, Yeah, for how long were you in there? In the full-time job? Yeah. I think it was like three and a half months. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah Not like yeah, super yeah. long. Cool. It was just to save up money again and to go travel again. So then um, I went to Thailand. Ah, uh, so that's where you ended up in Thailand. Cool. Yeah. So I went to Chiang Mai. Yeah. Um, and that's where I kind of started my... My business, my journey, and all of that. Amazing. And then, since your um, since that second panic attack, were there were the um, definite down phases where you um, genuinely struggled a lot? Were they still coming, or like even though you might not have had another panic attack, panic attack, but yeah. were there still quite low lows? Um, I've definitely had lows for yeah. sure, but I think um, I was much more able to deal with it. Yeah through meditation, through yeah. breath work, through all sorts of other things. For sure in that and case. I think, I feel like with alcohol, drugs, uh, it, it's kind of, you're going that roller coaster, right? You're Absolutely. having a peak and you're yeah. having a really low low. Yeah. And I feel like because I was taking out all these kind of extremes, I was also having lesser lows or yeah. like, I wasn't falling as deep. Yeah. And then I also started learning the tools on how to get myself out of it. Right. So, yeah, it, cool. it, it definitely changed. So you almost had a higher self-acceptance and a higher self-respect for yourself as well, I'm assuming, because yeah. obviously you're more okay in your own space. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. so powerful. Um, and what do you feel like meditation and yoga taught you about you? <laughs> okay. Um, okay. What's well, the first thing that comes to mind then? Just, just bringing myself like closer to me. Cool. And understanding myself better, much yeah. more self-awareness, um, less impulsiveness. Okay. Like just being able to take a step back and reflect on cool. things, and not act act on um, emotions. Yeah. Like understanding my emotional world better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. All of that. So you learned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I I know I find myself still doing this every now and again, um, as we all do, um, is acting off old wounds. You know, we bring a hurt to a situation, which is why we get triggered or we, why why we get insecure in a situation or why something happens and we feel pain. And we're like, oh, I should feel pain. I've dealt with this before. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're still holding on to those wounds. So, um, yeah, I know for myself, absolutely, meditation is making me aware of not just what it is. But where it's coming from and why it's there yeah. and then i can learn to acknowledge it accept it and heal it um yeah it's super powerful i know for me anyway acceptance um and i know a lot of people that i talk to say this as well but i mean it might be different for everyone is acceptance is definitely the hardest part like we can become aware of what's going on but to accept it oh man it's so hard yeah because we don't we, we don't want to be anxious no one wants to be depressed. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm depressed. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, learning to accept that was, was definitely yeah, hard for me. And I can imagine how just insanely difficult it would have been for you, especially, like I said, with your culture, not even accepting that. So you accepting that. Yeah. And also, I think one big part that helped me as well is I've always wanted to get a psychologist. Mm. Um, and so as I was mentioning in 2018, I went to Chiang Mai in, in January. And I think Chiang Mai in general is a very, it's a place with a lot of opportunities for personal development, right? And um, 
I've always, I don't know why, but I always wanted to have a psychologist kind of analyzing me yeah. and making me understand better, where awesome. my meditation helped me to understand myself better. But um, I still felt like it would be good to talk to somebody yeah. that has um, the experience, that has the understanding, that is not a friend, not somebody that gives you advice out of, a, you know, not your out parents. Out of empathy, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I was in a meditation circle in Chiang Mai and we were about 20 people, we were doing the meditation and there was a guy sitting in the group and he got up and he was like, um, uh, this is very random but I just wanted to say that um, I'm thinking of starting a group around mental health and he was saying that he's been struggling with depression and anxiety and I, to that point I didn't see myself I didn't understand that I've been struggling with these things because I, I couldn't word it. I couldn't mm, put a name on it. It wasn't in your language, it, really. Yeah. Exactly. But he was saying, so I would like to organize a meetup. Who would be interested? And basically all of the 20 people raised their hand and we had a spontaneous lunch afterwards and we were all sitting together and he was just sharing about how getting a psychologist was helping him so much and getting a coach as well was helping him so much. And people started opening up and I was kind of starting to open up as well. And I was like, yeah, I always wanted that. But one thing I really want a female. And um, second, I feel like the reason why I didn't got one is because I'm traveling so much. And they were like, why don't you meet someone in person? And once you move, you can do it remotely. That was something that never came up to right. my mind. And so I got recommended a woman. She's actually from Australia and she was a, she's a counselor. Um, a social worker cool. um, but she was like very holistic so she was a yoga teacher as well and she's done meditation all that stuff so somehow it was just amazing how um, the first person that I met uh, I really clicked with that's cool and I would say that she has been a huge like massive helping me in my personal development anything that comes around self-awareness dealing with difficult situations, with anxiety, with uh, depression, with low, low faces or whatever, um, and acceptance, mm. 100%. It's been super, super helpful. That's amazing. So. Um, would there be like, if I was just to ask you now, um, one key lesson, it doesn't have to be the best one, it doesn't have to be you know the, mo the one that most stood out the most, just the first thing that comes to mind when I say, what's one key lesson she's taught you? Um, I would say that we are telling our ourselves stories yeah. in the way that we perceive it or that we are telling it ourselves and she would always look at it from a different um, angle Cool. and there was so often things that I just didn't even think of because I'm so much in my own yeah. head. Um, so just understanding that we are telling ourselves stories and that it's not always true yeah. and that we can see it from different perspectives mm. so yeah that's the first thing that comes to that's mind that's cool <laughs> I love that and it's yeah. like you know our beliefs aren't the truth you know yeah. that's our truth isn't the truth the truth exactly. is the truth our um, belief of the truth is our experiences being taken into the truth yeah, yeah. and that is so hard to understand <laughs> like I know hearing that we're like okay cool yeah okay I understand like you know my belief of um, of Kyle is it is a dickhead you know what I mean <laughs> when he might be a good guy you know what I mean but like um, at the at the same time 
um, to us that's still our truth. You know, we see that Kyle is a dickhead, um, and that's what we know him as, but genuinely he might be in a lot of pain, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot more behind it, but we're going to apply this to not just people, but to situations and in our environments, which is, yeah, when things happen and we get triggered and we feel pain and we feel vulnerable, um, it's understanding that we're applying our, like, our beliefs, our wounds into that situation and experiencing an emotional uh, reaction based off what images we're creating in our heads. And obviously yeah, that's definitely. when we start attacking ourselves, like, no, screw you, Kieran, don't feel that. <laughs> taking so many things personal although it's like nothing that has like it has nothing to do with us but we're taking it like it's my fault or taking it personally that's right yeah absolutely yeah and we really do blame ourselves for so much yeah even the way we think and feel it's like how do you think that (laughs) you know what i mean yeah which is silly because we're human beings so we're allowed to right yeah i think right Right. (laughs) yeah cool um oh geez crap um yeah, cool. So now, now you're in a space where you're in Bali. Um, you're a little, you're a lot more open about it with people. And then, when did you post on Instagram finally? About the anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I think that was about a month ago. Cool. Maybe two. That's that's real recent then. That's wow. Quite recent. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think in general, I'm starting to talk much more about taboo topics. Yeah. On my social media, uh, I mean, it's taking a lot. Like uh, sometimes, what? yeah. It does. Sometimes I'm like, fuck. Am I really posting this? But it's amazing. I feel yeah, I feel like it's important to do it. So good for you. Like I, that makes me happy as yeah. someone that's in the space. And you're as doing well. it as well so much. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so in that space two months ago when you decided to do your first post, were you in a bad space? What triggered you? What made you want to share it? Um. Yeah, I I had uh, anxiety coming up. Um, and I think that I started looking into articles mm. like the top 10 things you can instantly do about anxiety okay and all those things were things that I'm already doing oh. and also being able to deal with anxiety made me realize how far I am in my journey and it made me feel that maybe somebody is in the same place that I was two three four years ago and maybe me starting to open up about it and mm. sharing it and maybe also giving some sort of advice or things that are helping me mm. to other people might help them. Yeah. Um, and that's just why I started opening up on it. That's and I started cool. also talking about how I used to beat myself really up about those things. And in that moment, I was just taking time for myself. I, I you know. Uh, didn't reply to any messages and I was laying in my bed and I was meditating I draw some mandalas and I was like doing my own thing and I think in the past I would have beaten myself a lot up about it and I wasn't so it was nice to share that and to realize it amazing yeah all right oh that's cool I, I like that makes me genuinely really happy that you did that but also it makes me respect you a lot oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said because it's coming from a place where it's not accepted like at least in New Zealand it's talked about a bit more um, now than it used to be which is nice um, but it's still nowhere near talked about enough Um, but compared to Germany I can imagine it's definitely talked about a little bit more Um, so I didn't realize that about Germany at all that it was really that restricted Um, okay cool and now since then you're um, you've come to a place where I know you're starting to be a little bit more open about anxiety on your social media and do you have an idea of where you want to go with that 
Um, I just want to share as much as possible. Amazing. Um, it, it doesn't really matter what kind of topic it, it is about. Yeah. Like, I just want to share it. Amazing. Please um, do. Please keep doing that. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, I'm all behind that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just trying to, whenever I find a new method, a new tool, something that is helpful for myself, then I'm trying to share that with other people. So. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, and now I want to touch on a quick topic as well, and then we'll wrap up. But... You mentioned uh, we back we bit back like or maybe a few posts back that you didn't like the idea or you you didn't like some parts of Changu or some you know some yeah, yeah some pieces of the of Changu which is a place we're staying in here in Bali. Um, what was it that you didn't like about Changu? Um, yeah, so one big thing about Changu for yeah. me is it feels quite superficial. Mm. It feels like. Um, not that much genuinity. Yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah, right genuinity. Word? Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just feels like a lot of people. It's all about the Instagram, right? Yeah. It's all about the living the best life, yeah. showing the it off. The surface stuff, right? Yeah. Was that the surface, the surface stuff? stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's one part why my anxiety came up again. Yeah. I, d- I didn't feel. Thank you. Um, like a lot of my friends from Chiang Mai came here with me but after about a month a lot of people left again mm. so um, I think that definitely it, it triggered me yeah and that's why some it was a part of why anxiety came up again mm. um, and for me it's very important to feel connected to people yeah and to share the same values and Chang'e definitely feels like there's definitely people that have the same values as me. It's just not like you. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just not that much. Yeah. It's just a lot of people that I feel like I'm just not on the same wavelength. Just not on the same vibes. So, yeah, I do understand yeah. though, because coming to a place like Changu and Bali, where everything's really beautiful, and you know, there's a lot of beautiful women, beautiful men coming in, and um, you know, taking cool pictures and looking good, and then um, when you meet them in real life, you realize that they're very unfulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just goes to show that the social media world that we're living in is such a big highlight reel. Like, it's not even just social media anymore. Now people are doing this in person. People yeah. are seeing this stuff on social oh, media and thinking sure. this is how they need to show themselves in public. Yeah. And then when you actually get to know them, you realize how unhappy, yeah. insecure they are um, as people, which is why they make things so extravagant. Yeah. yeah. And I see that a lot here. People are like on the beach, for example, mm. and they open up their phone and they make a story on how happy they are. Oh, look, here I'm with all my friends. And they shut down the phone and they just sit down and like type on their phone or like not have a conversation, not have an interaction yeah. with their friends. Like, wow, their friendship is almost just there for like the social media. Yeah. It sometimes happens to me. It depends on what kind of group of friends or right. people I go out with. Mm. Sometimes when I'm sitting together with people, it just seems like they're talking and they're listening. Yeah. They're not really listening. No. They're not really talking. They're not really there in the moment. Mm. It's yeah it's just very on the surface and it's just very and i think it's in general how our how we evolve i would say in general around social media i just think that here in Changu, it's just so condensed and it's just so much of it so amazing yeah. Uh, well, cool. Yeah, that, I, I know I appreciate that because I do notice that. And um, but this is obviously not just in Changu. Obviously, that's why um, you had a relation to this happening or anxiety within Changu because you'd obviously seen it before. Yeah. Um, and I'm the same. Like even at home, where you know New Zealand's like you know really friendly people and like everyone's very open, but there's still a lot of superficial. Um, it, it, 
this, the nature of it is very superficial still. Yeah. Um, but that's everywhere. It's not. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's definitely why I like to um, be in a position where. I can go on little adventures, you know, on the weekend, which we're going to do tomorrow, and I'm excited. Yeah, yeah it's going to be good. We're going to um, a couple of waterfalls, uh, Licky Licky, and what's the other one? Nung Nung. Nung Nung. Licky Licky Nung Nung. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, that's. Um, I just wanted to say thank you for coming along and sharing your story and really going yeah, thanks for deep like that. Here. Yeah, I really enjoyed that story, and um, I just want you, everyone, to listening to know that um, how normal this anxiousness is. Um, I want you to understand that not only is it normal, but most people that you come across have or will experience um, a deep level of anxiousness at some stage in their lives, whether they have or they haven't yet. Um, but people are going to cover that up. No one walks into a room and puts a big smile on their face and says, hey guys, I'm anxious, you know, um, but there are going to be people walking into a room with a big smile on their face, covering up the pain that's happening, that's happening on, the, um, on them deep, with them deep down inside. Um, so understanding that um, at least makes us understand that anxiousness is normal. We need to normalize this anxiousness. We need to normalize mental health as a normal uh, experience. It's an, it's an experience that should be shared and it shouldn't be hidden. So um, please, you don't have to do your part and you don't have to talk about it, but please understand that it's okay to talk about it, okay? You don't have to, but it is okay to. Um, and if you really do need help, please do exactly what Christina did and actually reach out to maybe a psychologist or you know, or myself or Christina even. Um, and please understand that we're here to listen, we're here to help. Um, we really are, and I, I'm yeah, sure you are. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, please, please do. And um, <laughs> actually, I'm gonna ask you one more question soon, but I want you to tell, before we do, mm-hmm. uh, I need you to tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Instagram. Mm. It's Christina with a C-H. Yeah. And then uh, all together uh, after Christina, it's S-P-O-E-R-E-R. That's yep. my last Spirit. name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think usually that's the best way. Yeah. Uh, I'm just launching today a new website, which yep. is going to be my Dang, portfolio so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So that's also, it's www, then my name, mm. and then visuals.com. Okay. Um, but that's going to be on my Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, I'll put this in the show notes for you guys, so um, so you guys have that there as well. I think that's the easiest. That's easiest, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to ask Christina one more question. Um, it might be a short answer, might be a long one, I'm not sure yet, but um, so I want you to pay attention, but because this is important, because Christina is coming from a place where um, she has had to find a lot of her own um, her own motivation to move forward and her own drive to move forward and her own understanding of that she as herself as she is is, is okay is a beautiful human being and deserves more than what she was experiencing um, in that, that space of pain and she went about it and um, along, along her own road and like carved her own road and shaped her own road and walked along it um, along that road of pain um, and overcame a lot of um, a lot of anxiousness along the way um, and now she's here in Bali sharing a lot of her experiences and sharing a lot of her pains and really normalizing the space where um, a- anxiety is such a uh, taboo topic, especially in a place like Germany. So I want to ask you this question of, um, I'm making no sense. I want to ask you a question, <laughs> which is, what inspires you? What inspires yeah. me? 
What inspires me is honestly, it sounds so cheesy, but it's helping other people. Cool. And my big vision and I feel my purpose in life is to yeah. spread mindfulness. Yeah. I want to bring meditation to German schools. Cool. And that's like my big kind of over the next 10, 20 years, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm so behind that. And I think maybe that comes from me not having that much help myself. Yeah. And that's maybe why I want to help other people. Yeah. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it's just... I feel like it's so much easier when you open up and when you talk with other people about it than when you have to go through everything yourself. So Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you. And actually, I was just, I'll ask one more question real quick. Um, how do you feel like people can find their own inspiration the way you have? That's a good question. Understanding your, do you think understanding yourself and understanding your own pain? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So like that's what I think anyway, but I was just wondering if maybe you had a Yeah, just looking it. deep inside yourself or yeah. like what you're craving. What right. is what is it you're longing for? Not everyone is going to be happy like everyone is going to ha be happy in their own way, right? Mm. Where for me, um well how to say that? Um it's just yeah, reflecting on and looking inside yourself mm. and trying to or figuring out what it is that you're really deeply wanting and i think that's where the inspiration comes from i am so with you on that um because um inspire uh, means inspiree which means um i think it's um to breathe or something like that um but the idea is you're breathing energy you're breathing life um and that comes from deep within that doesn't come from the surface that doesn't come from the um need to uh outwardly fulfill an insecurity by meaning, okay, cool, I'm gonna post this real cool picture on Instagram and get a lot of likes, or I'm gonna go out and uh, get laid tonight, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, like, you know, these are things I used to struggle with, so that's, that's what I'm saying it, but um, yeah. that was, yeah, it's actually finding out what you truly desire deep down, um, and once you find that desire, you can learn to, um, you can learn to use that and inspire um, yourself and others, so yeah, that's beautiful. Um, thank you once again, and Please, everyone, go um, go follow Christina um, on Instagram. Again, it's in the show notes. Um, and have an amazing day. Have a blessed day. Follow the Pocket Coach podcast, all right, and rate it five stars because it deserves five stars, especially with Christina here. Okay, it should be 5.5 if there was such a thing because uh, she's so awesome. And um, other than that, that's everything. Follow me on Instagram, Headley Fitness, H-E-D-L-E-Y Fitness, and find me on headleyfitness.com. Sweet, guys. Thanks again. Remember to reach out if you are struggling. That is so important. Okay, there's always people ready to listen. And, and other than that, have a blessed day and see you later. <laughs> so, yes. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, seriously. I appreciate that.